0: Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Awesome, man. So I think we're on the right page here today. (laughs) God's page, okay? So there's a lot that we can learn from this chapter, but um, before we can blame the enemy, we must recognize uh, what happens when we don't make God, Lord, over our harvest, okay? Which is verse one. It says the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. So how did they do evil? Well, we know that they tolerated idols and they worshiped the gods of Baal. In verse 25, the Lord said to Gideon, tear down whose altar? Your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asher pole beside it. Baal was the god of wind and rain and fertility. And because Asher was the goddess of the motherhood and fertility, so depending on the tradition, she was either Baal's mother, lover, or both. Wild, eh? So they tolerated idols because they thought it would help their crops grow. Think about that for a bit. Have you tolerated what isn't true that is affecting your seed? What have you tolerated that isn't true that's affecting your seed? And it says that it was, it was his father's altar. Here's, a, here's one that stood out to me. Fathers, don't build what isn't God's will and expect it to be blessed. We're all fathers in this house. Don't build what isn't God's will and expect to be blessed. What we let into our home will affect our harvest. That should be in your notes right there. What I let into my home will affect my harvest. And that includes my children. It was his father's altar that the Lord told him to tear down. So I think, what are some of the things that we let into our home, even unintentionally, or that we put before God? Because anything we put before God becomes an idol. And then we start worshiping that thing. Well, I don't bow down and worship that. But do you? Where does your money go? Where does your attention go? Where does your energy go? And when it comes before God and it comes before your family, it definitely becomes an idol in your life. It doesn't take much for it to become an idol. And whenever the Israelites, it says, planted their crops, the Midianites, the Alamakites, and the Eastern people invaded the country, Judges 6, verse 3. The enemy will always attack right before the harvest. This is something the Lord has shown me. Enemy's coming. When? Right before your harvest, right? I found this to be true in our lives, and that's why you'll hear me say a lot of times, this is in your notes. How many of you guys have notes? I just realized a lot of people don't have notes. Don't. Bail out before your breakthrough. I don't know how many times the Lord has said that to us and needs to remind us because we're like working hard, we're right at the harvest, and the enemy wants you to bail out before your breakthrough. The devil knows it's harvest season. It's harvest season right now. We know that. We know this is harvest season. The church is growing, people are more hungry than ever before, and unfortunately, Or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, people are more fearful than ever before, so they need faith now more than ever. And the enemy's doing everything in his power to distract you, discourage you, and try to get you to shift your focus from working the harvest, and instead he wants you to worry about what isn't working. Your job is to work it, but the devil comes in and he wants you to worry about what isn't working or who isn't working. So how about we do less worrying and more working? You agree? You agree? So remember who is really Lord over the harvest. It says, um, "'Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, "'to send out workers into his harvest field.'" Matthew 9, 38. He is the Lord of the harvest. We are the workers, right? Colossians 1:16 says that "'All things were created through him and for him.'" Why do we work? For him. Who do we do it for? For him. Who is the Lord of it? He is, Right? In verse 11, it says, that the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash and where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep his harvest hidden. So my first point is the hidden, uh, hidden in the harvest hidden in the harvest. Point number one, it's hard to work a harvest when you're in hiding. At least Gideon didn't use it as an excuse to stop working just because he was being suppressed. I'm seeing this all over, not in this house, but all over North America right now. They're calling it the Great Recession, right? People are doing more whining than working, right? They'll find every excuse in the book why. And the honest truth is, in COVID, not everyone like us has continued to work hard, keep our focus on the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing, keep on gathering all the more as the day approaches. Why? I mean, if, if we don't do that, we go through those four Ds. We get distracted, discouraged, divided, and we disengage. That hasn't changed, right? But when we stay together, as a tribe, and we keep worshiping instead of whining, it also gives us reason to work. Because we worship the God of the harvest. Meaning we know we worship the God who gives us work. Is this hitting anybody this morning? It's not like we just worship because we get to sit at the table and fill our gut. No, we worship because we get to work and serve the one true God. And then he will provide all of our needs according to his glorious riches. There'll be more than you cannot contain. That It, was, it will flow so much that you cannot contain it. Malachi 3.10. It's all on the tithe, right? It's giving him first, putting him first. If we put him first, then he is Lord. If we put other things first, then that is Lord of our life. Make sense? So Proverbs 12.24 says, <laughs> NLT, if you don't have this in your notes, I, I don't always write print out all of it for you, so I encourage you to look it up. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. I'll say that again. Work hard, become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. If you're lazy, you will always work for somebody else's dream, and you will never fulfill the dream that God put inside of you. If you work for the Lord with all your heart, right, if you delight in the Lord, then the blessings will chase you. You take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see it? See how that works? But it's right there. It's a genius problem, and I see it all the time. It's like, yeah, sure, be a slave. But we're only a slave to one master, and his name is Jesus. And he's the one that came to set us free, (laughs) right? So there you go. So I believe that God showed up to Gideon because he was willing to do whatever he had to do. That's one thing you can see. I'm going to keep working, even if it means I'm working in the wine press. I'm not going to use this as an excuse. Well, everybody says we got to shut down. So, why gather in the first place? Why, you know why? Why why share the gospel? Why? 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 You know, like stop looking at what you can't do and ask yourself what can you do? There's just so much. Well, my word says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. Right? There's no obstacle too big for God. Just keep working. It's like the Finding Nemo movie, right? Just keep swimming. I don't know why that came to me. It's all my kids in the house. Saw Max. He was there a moment ago. But I believe that's why God showed up to Gideon because he was willing to do whatever he had to do, even though he was the least in his tribe. God doesn't always call the qualified, and I can testify about that, but he calls the willing. Doesn't always call the qualified, but he calls the willing, just like he called Gideon because he was still willing to work. He was still willing to do whatever it it took. In Isaiah 6 8, it says, Then I heard the voice from the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. If you read that in Isaiah, there's an exclamation mark there. So, where have you been hiding um, in the midst of a harvest? Where have you been hiding in the midst of a harvest? And are you willing to keep working when everybody else is worrying? And I got to ask you this, what is it that you are working on? Which kingdom? When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He is the hope that holds me and the stronghold to my to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. Psalm ninety-one, verse one, Passion Translation. Beautiful, eh? Let's go back up to verse two. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." So, the second point I want to talk about is the help in the harvest, the help. In the harvest. The first one is hidden in the harvest, second is help in the harvest. We remain sheltered unless we see our strength. We remain the victim unless we see our victory. Again, how we see ourselves determines what we're willing to face. We love quoting Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Continues to say, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. What you see in this verse is a person who is saying one thing with their mouth, but their heart is in a different place. What you think about matters because it is forming the basis of who you will become. The thoughts and the beliefs of the heart shape the reality of who you are. They shape your thinking, which will ultimately shape your actions. You believe what's in your heart. In order to receive help, you first must be open to receive it in your heart. You with me? Okay. So who you are on the inside and what you say on the outside doesn't always line up, but it needs to line up. It was designed to line up. The Pharisees, for example, were very good at uh, presenting themselves as devoted, as righteous people. Yet Jesus called them hypocrites. The word hypocrite in the Greek means actor. The Pharisees were playing a role on the outside that didn't reflect who they really were, who God created them to be, hypocrite actor. Where do you need help with a role that you are playing in your heart that is keeping you from reaping a harvest? I don't know if it's just the Rex Crane anointing hitting me this morning, but maybe I'm the only one feeling it. I'll say it again. Where do you need help with a role that you are playing in your heart that is keeping you from reaping a harvest? We're going deep, man. I hope you're doing some reflection and writing some notes down. Let's not waste each other's time today. Let's not waste God's time. Okay. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Median's hand. Am I not sending you? Whoa, Andrew, am I not sending you? The Lord says, Jason, am I not sending you? Jason's in the house, the Vincent's in the house. Am I not sending you? The Lord says, come on, Garth, is he not sending you? You can just put your own name in there. i go around the whole room. So what strength have we been sitting on? What strength have you been sitting on? Just like Gideon, God is sending us to save others. If all we do is focus on our own harvest, we miss an even greater reward. Here's a good one for you. It's not in my notes. Gideon's pity would have kept him in the wine press. His pity would have kept him in the press, but his purpose caused him to go further. Sometimes it's our pity, it's the victim mentality that keeps us stuck, hidden, in the press. Just working on her. I'm just going to work on my own thing. There's not enough to go around, so I just got to provide and store up for myself. We never heard that one before. (laughs) again, but if all we do is focus on the harvest, we're going to miss a greater reward, our own harvest. If we stay in the press, we focus on the grain, we will remain oppressed and miss God's gain. All the poet said, amen. Verse 25, (laughs) tear down your uh, your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asher pole beside it. We can't just blame our parents for our battles. We need to tear down every stronghold for the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh but have divine power to destroy all strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10.4. So what have you been tolerating that you need to tear down? Verse 35. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms. Ooh, I could have called this. Whole message called to arms, but I didn't. And also to Asher and all those other places. So they too went up to meet them. Call to arms. Point three, called to confront through the harvest. This is the hardest thing to do. <laughs> you just want to stick on your own plot, deal with your own weeds, right? Pull your own harvest. You are called to confront Through the harvest. Because the harvest wasn't just meant for you. And the Lord is calling out all the workers of the harvest. Gideon was called to confront the idols as well as the enemy that was attacking their harvest and invading their land. The idols and the enemy. Remember, this all started because the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord will bring others into our camp And he's going to release those whose hearts aren't fully devoted. Are you ready to confront what you need to face so that you can save others and not just your own harvest? That one hit me. Are you ready to confront whatever you need to face? If it means saving others, maybe you would, right? Now it's not just about getting in that um, just enough mode or protection mode or on the defensive. No, we need to be in the offensive mode. I like that uh, Denise said, I know what happened in Judges 7, because I read the rest of the story. And in Judges 7, the Lord uh, took an army of 30,000 men and brought it down to 300. That's the real 300 story, by the way. 30,000 men brings them down to 300. How does he do this? Well, the first day, he lets um, 20,000 go because they trembled with fear. He said, if anyone is trembling with fear about this, they may leave 20,000 of the 30,000 go. All right, let's get the fear out of the way, right? Let's deal with the fear right away, 20,000 of them. We We don't have room for fear in here. And so this is courage. We need courage. It's what you do. We need faith, okay? The final men were chosen by how they kneeled down and they would cup the water with their hands and lap it like a dog. The rest just put their heads straight in, okay? God is watching how we respond and the position that we take when we face confrontation when we are called. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Our verse for this week, to memorize if you haven't memorized it and meditate on it and put it up, put it up on your fridge, whatever, on your phone, that's pretty easy to do. Snapshot it, whatever you got to do. But is Matthew 9, 37 to 38? Then he said to his disciples, Are we his disciples? Say I. All right. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And the takeaway that I have for us today is don't worry about what's not working. Instead, start working the harvest and get ready for war. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is, the Lord has put this on my heart a while ago. Uh, the other one I gave to our leaders was uh, training season. You know, in the off season for all, all of our favorite teams that you guys might follow, that's when they train the hardest. That's when they work the hardest. The ones that work the hardest in the off season are usually the ones that win in season. So there really is no off season, Right? The enemy wants you to think there's an off season that you can just kick your feet up and cruise and it doesn't work that way. That's why I went through the whole series cruise. But now we're seeing it more than ever. The Lord is sending us if we are faithful with what he has given us. If we are willing to open up our doors, Kids team has already opened up their doors to children's ministry in the evening. If we're willing to step out and work in the harvest and family ministry has been the biggest need and I thank you for all you men, whether you're serving on Sunday or you've been setting up the patio for them or you've been building fences to keep our kids safe inside the house of the Lord or you're making a shift in this season to help where is needed and to be a father to the fatherless. There is, I am telling you, there is no shortage of amazing women of God that are coming in that don't have men in their life. There's no shortage. They keep coming in. The Lord keeps sending them. And if you ever wanna find one, get involved in children's ministry and family ministry. Seriously, family ministry isn't just kids. It's kids, youth, it's young adults. It's it's so much bigger. It's multi-generational. Um, but the Lord has really been pressing this on my heart that we need to get ready. We need to get ready. And if we, if we open, Present the empty jars. And we're willing to go out to our community and ask for them. What do you got? What do you got? He's going to fill it. He's going to fill it. And we've been praying over it. And I'm, I'm going to put it out there for the first time. And you guys can pray in agreement with me because we're already working towards this one. Is a, a men's conference here in November. <laughs> so, but before that, we're going to already be ready. Before that, this, this house is gonna be full of kids and full of fathers. And I know there's even some dads in the house and that have it in their heart to meet a godly woman and to be there for her and to be equally yoked. That's happening if, if you're willing to step in, if you're willing to step up. God's already sending them. And I know the men are here. We have such an opportunity, men. So I'm so proud of each and every one of you, for real. Those, some of you are getting married, having babies. <laughs> I believe are about to get married. You know, I see it. Anyway, would you stand with me and let's pray. Father God, thank you that we get to be the workers of the harvest. Thank you, Lord, that you're calling us out of whatever our comforts are, whatever our presses are, wherever we've been hidden in the harvest, that you're calling us out. Not just so that we can save our harvest, Father God, but so we can save souls. Lord, I I just pray for these mighty men that you'd give them such boldness and encouragement. Lord, that they would step into territory they never stepped in before. They wouldn't be like the 20,000 that left in fear, but they would move forward in faith. Lord, that they would get to be at the final end of it when they defeat all the enemy, when they stand around with their torches, when they break their jars, when they shout uh, a sword for Gideon and a sword for the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we get to be the front lines, And we thank you that we also get to share in your blessing because of your breakthrough. We submit our works to you. We submit the service to you. We pray for Rex this morning, Lord, that you would speak with such anointing that it would come through clear with all the technology and everything would be translated uh, or or transferred all around this world, Lord Jesus, and into this this church, that we would be able to feel your Holy Spirit moving uh, through this, Lord Jesus, that we know that you transcend all of this we ask that you would have your way now in us and through us. Bless their homes, bless their families and bless their future in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.